Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Welcome back, guys. We are thrilled to be talking about today's episode because it's something that Audrey and I need all the time. Right, Audrey? (laughs) Yeah. So we're talking about when dad or mom will interject when the other spouse travels and you're left home alone. It's a really tricky time. It's incredibly stressful, incredibly overwhelming. So we're excited to share um, some tips and some takeaways that we have for you today. Okay. First of all, we got a really, really sweet comment on Instagram that we wanted to share. It's, it's from Ms. Birds All. It says, I so appreciate this podcast. I have been looking for women local to me who have conservative, modest, large families and who know what to tell us young mamas. Y'all are an answer to prayers in a lot of ways. The Water Birth Podcast had me bawling. <laughs> oh, thank you. We really appreciate that sweet comment. You can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. And that's really, you know, part of what we're trying to do here is build a community where we can share our experience and <laughs> wisdom, maybe, and chaos and joy. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> what we're trying to do is share with others and build a community. So we really appreciate that comment. Thank you. Yes, that was beautiful. Thanks so much. I love that we have social media now because when I was a younger mom, there was so much loneliness and so much um, confusion and question about how to best live and how to best parent my kids. So I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to create a community with people all over the world. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Social media and technology can be a double-edged sword, can it? (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth. Yep. Yep. Okay. So just to start off, we wanted to share that both Audrey and I have husbands who travel. So uh, before we even get into this, we wanted to say that our hats are off to all of the permanent single parents. It is such a difficult job and not just physically and logistically, but emotionally and mentally, it's just so overwhelming. We, we can't imagine how you do it full-time because even part-time is just hard. Um, and parenting while the other one travels has its own kind of, of tricky logistics because you're used to having that spouse around and then they just up and leave and you're like, oh, oh shoot, I got to, okay, you know, shift, shift, shift. And then they come back, shift again, bring them back in, you know. Uh, a quick side note is when I was a, a teen, my dad worked out of the country for a while And my mom said it was almost harder to have him home because they'd gotten in such a routine of having him gone that then he'd come back and she's like, oh, switch everything back up, you know, and then they'd get into that routine and then he'd leave again, you know, so it's, it's a struggle and we totally feel you if you're, if you experience this as well. Yeah, it is a little bit of a horse of a different color than being a single parent because a single parent never has the other spouse. Whereas with the, the in and out spouse, because they travel with work, it, it is a little bit different dynamic because like you were saying, you have to shift the kids and yourself to be used to one thing and then another and then back and forth. So it is a little bit different. And, and we do understand that single parenting is um, an amazingly difficult experience. All right. So we're going to share three key things to remember when you're parenting solo. And then we will follow that up with six tips for surviving when the other parent is gone. Okay, we're going to start with the first um, thing to remember. 
Temporary single parenting is survival time. Go back and listen to episode 20. You've got to learn how to have grace with yourself and patience with the overwhelm. And your kids are going to be so out of sorts that you've got to have an extra measure of grace and calm in yourself to be able to help them. Okay, the second thing to remember is, this might sound silly, but this was really important for me. It's not your spouse's fault that he or she has to travel. I mean, sort of, because they have the job, obviously, but it's still their job. So this has been difficult for me to remember sometimes, because sometimes I resent the fact that my husband is gone, and I resent the places he gets to go, because just for those of you who don't know, my husband uh, works for a travel company, and so his work trips are like Paris. And, you know, going to all these amazing churches and museums because he has to figure out where's, where good places to sell trips to, you know. So it's not like he's cooped up in a stinky motel in Iowa. He's like in these amazing places and I'm stuck at home with all these kids in diapers just cursing his name, you know, or, or just the sleeping alone thing. Oh, how yeah. tough it must be for you to sleep by yourself <laughs> But on those lines, um, it's just good to remember that traveling for work is still work and it's still exhausting. Um, it's just work in another place and often with jet lag attached. So it's not necessarily easy for them either. I'm sure there are some people that travel for work and it's amazing, but for most of our spouses, it's not it's not easy and necessarily fun either. So just try not to blame your spouse that life is extra hard when you're gone because then that just creates... <laughs> Um, you know, resentment and anger when you need your spouse back. Yeah, exactly. And it is really difficult for my husband when he travels because it's often to the opposite coast. And so the time zone just throws him off completely. And he's up like at five o'clock in the morning. And then by, you know, six, seven o'clock in the evening, he's ready to go to bed and everybody's getting ready to go out to eat. And he's like, uh, I have to go, you know, do a company supper with these guys. And all I want to do is go to bed. <laughs> so the time zone's <laughs> difficult for my husband when he travels. But also sleeping in a bed by himself is hard because he's so used to having kids in bed that <laughs> he says he takes the pillows and stacks them around him and tries to pretend like they're kids. But none of the pillows kick That's him. Cute. So that doesn't help. <laughs> That's really uh, cute. And then... Um, eating different food and just being on a completely different schedule and all that. It is really hard on my husband when he travels. So I, I try to keep that in mind too. It's hard, super hard on me when he travels, but it's really hard on him when he travels. Right. All right. A third thing to remember is it's also not your kid's fault that you are overwhelmed and struggling when your spouse is gone. So they don't really identify it as well as we do. Oh, you know, my spouse is gone and so I'm feeling out of sorts. They just know that they're not feeling right because half of their parenting unit is gone. <laughs> right. You can try to get them on your side by explaining the situation and how everybody misses daddy and everybody needs to pull together to get through the time when they're gone. Yeah, that's a great point. Um it took me a long time to figure that out. And and to be fair, when your kids are little, they're not really going to understand. But as your kids get old enough to communicate and to empathize, pulling them aside when dad leaves or mom leaves and saying, hey, remember, this is the time when um, dad is traveling. It's important for us to all work together. And I've been amazed at how much more considerate my kids are to me and how much more patient they are with each other because they know it's a tricky time, especially for me. And they'll try to do better. And then we can we can plan in some fun things to make it not 
not so uh, hard for all of us. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Yeah, let's jump into the tip section because this is really what makes it survivable when our spouse is gone. Yes, totally. Okay, so my number one tip is to be prepared. Um, so occasionally my husband will be traveling a lot and there will be a trip that I just miss. Like I forget that, he, that it's happening. It's on the calendar. I don't notice or I forget to put it on the calendar. And then all of a sudden he's just gone with like half a day's notice, right? And that's really, really hard for me. It's extra hard because I haven't prepared myself either emotionally or logistically to be without a spouse for that week or a few days. Um, so just like you'd prepare your own family if you need to leave town. So for example, I'm leaving town tomorrow and I have like a laundry list of all the things that need to be done, right? Some meals prepped, um, some play dates planned, a sitter planned, etc. Um, you have to also prepare yourself and your kids for when the other parent leaves. And um, some of these things can be similar to what you do when you leave. Like you can prep meals ahead of time. You know, maybe uh, when dad's home, you guys can work together on a couple of meals that then just get frozen so you're not scrambling and stressed out when everybody's hungry and there's no parent to spell you. Uh, you can try to get caught up on laundry or housework before your spouse leaves so that you can kind of chill a little bit and not be so overwhelmed. Um, and then just, like I said, emotionally prepare yourself as well for a few days. Like, okay, don't take on any extra projects. Don't volunteer for anything because I'm going to be spouseless for a couple of days. Just prepare to, um, for a tough time and, and it'll be so much easier when you, when you know what's coming. Yeah. And often the day or two ahead, um, dad is preparing to go. Like my husband always has, um, business casual clothes that he wears and he likes to iron them before he goes so that he doesn't have that added thing to do while he's traveling. So we help him iron and then, you know, he gets together all his stuff and, and all his laundry has to be clean so that he can pack it for X number of days. And, and so there is prep involved in getting dad ready to go too, which is not something I really think about when my husband tells me he's going to travel. Oh, I've got to dedicate, you know, at least a day to helping him get get ready and then to think about you know preparing for his absence on my end too so yeah there is some thought that's required ahead to get everybody ready for the time all right tip number two allow yourself to feel whatever you need to feel being married to a traveler can create feelings of abandonment loneliness frustration sadness it's okay to feel those things and your spouse is going to be feeling those things too. So you make sure your spouse knows how you feel and be open to them expressing how they feel too. Um, so again, um, takeaway number two, you want to be able to express these things to each other without blame or anger involved, but just, just be open to maybe a little extra time together. Maybe you can have a date before you know, just mom and dad together before you leave or before the spouse leaves or after they get back so that you can kind of fill your cup with each other before and afterward. Because there is a connectedness between spouses that just, I don't know, it's just like my cup gets poured out so much faster when my husband travels than when he's just gone during the day. You know what I mean? Yes, you nailed it. Uh, I think that these hard times that we go through together can really strengthen our marriage and our family if we let it. But if we sit there and build up feelings of resentment and um, frustration and anger and blame while they're gone or while they're preparing for a trip, then it just pits us against our spouse when really 
they're not doing anything to hurt us. They're just doing their job. We're just yeah. frustrated because it makes our job harder, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, they can totally be used as these traveling times can be used as times of strengthening a marriage. So my husband and I are pretty uh, devout date nighters. So almost every Friday night we go on a date. Um, and so if he's going to be gone for Friday night, we try to fit it in somewhere else. And sometimes that just means running to Walmart the night before because he, you know, needs a new phone charger for his trip or something. <laughs> Travel size shampoo containers always. <laughs> exactly. But it, it, that's okay because it's something we otherwise wouldn't have done together. And we're trying to squeeze that in that little bit of extra time in before he leaves. Okay, so next tip, tip three, is to plan something fun while the spouse is gone. Uh, so you can plan something fun with the kids. So like sometimes we'll skip our schoolwork for the day and we'll just go to the movies in the middle of the day just because we can and we feel like it. <laughs> or we'll just eat some junk food for dinner. We'll order pizza and eat some popcorn and watch a movie or something. Um, sometimes we'll invite cousins or friends over. We'll let the kids sleep in a pillow fort. You know, just anything that is a little bit extra fun to make it seem like a special occasion instead of just, well, more daily drudgery. Only now we get to do it without dad around, you know, <laughs> make it a little bit exciting, exciting. Um, and then also you can plan something fun for yourself. So I like to plan dates, date nights out with friends. Now, obviously some of this requires, um, you know, a babysitter or an older kid to, to watch the littles, but if you can swing it, getting your hair, your nails done, some sort of special occasion, um, self-care or pampering. Um, and sometimes just being alone for a while. I've been known to just go to the library while I have a, a local teenager sitting with my kids just so I don't have to be yelled at 24-7 while my husband's gone. <laughs> um, I have, I've even taken uh, big road trips while my husband was out of town for like 10 days because I couldn't bear to stay in the house by myself with all these little kids. And while I don't necessarily recommend that, it's a lot, it's a lot of stress. It can also be really fun. We have some great memories of doing that together. So just some some ideas. That totally reminds me when my husband and I were newlyweds before we had any kids. And his job was as a customer service rep, um, the the German-speaking customer service rep. So um, he worked for a company in Tennessee on their auto line, and they did the automatic seat, seat track things where, you know, you press the button and your seat track moves. Mm, interesting. Yeah, for Mercedes-Benz and... Um, some other German car companies. So when there was a problem in the line, he would have to go to Austria, Luxembourg, and Germany to help sort out these problems. And it, you know, with the days traveling there and the days fixing the problem, the days traveling back, he would be gone up to a week. We lived a couple states away from his family, and there was nobody there that I knew. So when he would travel, I would drive back up couple states um, to where his family lived and just hang out with them and kind of, you know, switch up my routine and be completely different because, oh man, I hated that so bad. I was completely by myself, which, you know, it's hard to your spouse be gone and you be with children, but that was, you know, talk about loneliness and stuff. <laughs> and he had all the same feelings because, you know, he's leaving his newly newlywed wife and in a different country and, and you can't communicate um, because of the huge time zone, you can't really talk to each other very much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was feeling all the same stuff too, but at least he had the comfort knowing I was hanging out with his family and, and they have a health food store, which in it has a, um, a restaurant muffins and coffee and an espresso bar and all that. So like he, you know, he could picture me just kind of 
hanging with the family and not all by myself way down out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. In fact, that reminds me of when when my husband uh, traveled and I just had one or two kids, uh, his brother-in-law, so his sister's husband, also was working at the same company and traveling at the same time. So occasionally she would let me come to her house and I would just spend the night with my baby um, because we were both husbandless and it was just fun for the <laughs> little kids to play together and for us to not be alone and scared in our own houses. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. That was, you know, I was a lot younger and, I, and being in this place, we lived on this place that had 200 acres and the neighbors were a bit um, wild. <laughs> and I was kind of scared to stay there by myself. So anyway, yeah, that was cool. Okay, back to tip three, planning something fun. We do this too, but the time with a little bit of a difference, the time that we pl try to plan something fun is in the evenings because dad's always gone during the day. So they don't really mm -hmm. feel it as much then. But when it starts to get dark in the evening and we've had supper, animal chores are done, that's when we really try to plan something fun just to take up those hours between bedtime and supper, you know, to, so we like, we'll play a game or we'll watch something or we'll, you know, have a scavenger hunt. We try to, you know, listen to an audiobook and color or play with paper dolls or anything just to fill up those evening hours. We find that's really the hardest time. Yes, that's an excellent point. Uh huh. And that's the loneliest time for, for mom or the spouse left behind too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tip number four is take care of yourself. Do not let yourself go when your spouse is gone because they're gone. You've got to take care of yourself. Just like we talked about in survival times, it may seem impossible to squeeze in a little extra time for yourself, but you've got to do it so that you're in good shape to help your kids get through this time too. So do your best to sleep, shower, get the proper food. Don't binge on chocolate chip cookies all day long. <laughs> uh, oh, that's one of my coping strategies. <laughs> Not going to make you feel better. <laughs> no, it's not. Hire a sitter to come and help you with the basics. Try a kid swap with a friend so you can, you know, just get your floor cleaned or take a nap or whatever your needs are. But you've got to take care of yourself so you can be in good condition because you are doing 100% of the parenting and you've got to be in, I don't know, 200% condition. What's the math? Yes, I completely agree with this tip. Um, and sometimes you can kind of cross a line um, in the self-care realm. And what I mean is like <laughs> like mentioning the chocolate chip cookies. Sometimes I think, well, I'm just going to do whatever makes me feel good. And I forget that the things that appeal to me at the moment are not the things that really make me feel good. You, you know, like binging on Netflix and eating chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's okay to do a little, it's okay to do a little bit of that, you know, cause you're feeling sorry for yourself, but it's the, it's the exercise and it's the sleep. And that that's the hardest thing for me. My husband's gone. I'm like, well, nobody's telling me to go to bed. So I'm just going to sew until one in the morning, or I'm just going to catch up on this TV show. And, um, and then I feel like garbage the next day. And so that's just a little warning, um, from two moms who have probably made those mistakes multiple times and realized, oh, yeah. I can't do that anymore, you know? You know, that's my hugest area um, where I don't take care of myself either is sleep when my husband travels because I just mm -hmm. don't sleep well when he's not in the bed with me. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like I have to be the one responsible for, you know, if somebody knocks on the door or my kids' nightmares or whatever, like, I'm responsible at night and somehow it affects my sleep and I just don't sleep well. So I do 
tend to stay up later sewing or reading or listening to a podcast or whatever. And it doesn't help me at all be in good right. condition the next morning to take care of my kids. But if I am just in bed, even if I'm awake, if I'm, you know, in a horizontal position and relaxing, um, it, it, it does help me be more rested the next day, even if I haven't been going through sleep cycles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I was so, so, so bad at this in younger years. I'm getting better simply because I just can't survive all these children all day long. If I get to bed, it like I, yeah. I will, I no longer get to bed past midnight ever <laughs> because it kills me. But, um, many, much of that has come from, from learning the hard way. Uh, Miranda Anderson on the live free creative podcast has a really nice episode on sleep. So we'll link that one in the show notes. Yeah. So I'm glad that you also brought up uh, the responsibility of keeping your family safe because this is something that, um, you know, society kind of downplays those those traditional men-women roles of mom being the nurturer and dad being the protector. But that's still the case in my house. And it used to freak me out when my husband would travel because that meant, yeah, anyone could break in. Anyone could try to snatch my kid. You know, every horrible scenario possible was going through my mind. Um, and so I just wanted to interject that you do whatever it takes to help you feel safe. So if you're normally just the kind that latches the little latch on the kitchen, get a big latch, you know, get a big bolt, deadbolt or whatever it takes to, to keep you safe. Um, maybe there is a guy, one of your neighbors or a grandpa or someone in your church congregation who could come check on you in the evening time. Um, I've had that happen before. Like, oh, I'm just a little bit nervous. I'm hearing some sounds. Can you come swing by the house? And some friends have done that for me. So that's that's a real concern. And don't feel silly if that's one of your concerns. I will share that when my babies were little, little, it used to really bother me, the safety aspect, and I would feel really freaked out. And then as soon as my oldest got to be maybe five or six, it stopped being such an issue. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. I think maybe I thought as soon as I could have a conversation with a kid, he'd help protect me or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty silly, but I don't, it's not as big a concern for me now, but I totally understand it if it is a concern for you. So just do whatever it takes to help yourself feel comfortable yes. and safe. Yes. I definitely, now that my um, 19 year old son, huge son is here, I definitely feel safer when my husband travels. And it's just because if some stranger man shows up, I can send my son out. And, and it's just, it's probably just a mental thing for me, but it really does make a difference feeling like I've got a man here to protect me. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So tip five, make sure to connect with your spouse while he or she is traveling, if at all possible. So like Audrey mentioned, sometimes when it's international travel, it's kind of a logistical nightmare, or maybe not even possible at all to catch each other while you're both awake. Um, but sometimes we'll try to plan a time like right before my husband goes to bed um, or first thing when he wakes up before I go to sleep, et cetera. Um, so see if there's a way you can do that. And if you can't live, you know, like with a like with a phone call or a FaceTime chat, you can do it via email. Um, when we were dating, we emailed a lot. And I still remember those times as really being fun interactions. So even if they're not live, that can be fun to just shoot each other a text or an email saying you're thinking of them. Um, and then, like we said before, to really reconnect when he or she returns. So it's easy to see your husband walk in the door and dump all the unfinished housework and projects and all your woes and emotions on him and then bail. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so glad you're home. See you later. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the store. But, you know, try to be considerate of him like you'd want him to be considerate of you. Allow him some time to rest and recuperate and then reconnect like on a date or, or some one-on-one some -on -one time if possible. 
so I kind of try to apply that, not dumping everything on them when, when we talk on a daily basis. So we usually do FaceTime because it helps the little kids see daddy in person. And I try to be careful if I'm emailing or calling or whatever with my husband FaceTiming, not to dump on him all my woes and emotions during that phone call, because I have to try to keep in mind going back to, you know, the thing to re- the takeaway number two is that it's not easy for them to travel. And when my husband senses distress from me, when he travels, when he's on travel, that makes it even harder on him. So I try to be very judicious about what I share with him when he calls and when we're FaceTiming and have a smile on my face and try to be positive and upbeat and save the really bad stuff for when they get back. <laughs> That's an excellent point. In fact, I've even tried to not do so much of that when my my husband always calls me on his way home from work. So we have a chance to chat before kids swarm him. <laughs> yeah, mine does and then- too. That's the first thing I want to do is go, you will not believe what your kid did today. And I try to at least <laughs> hear about his day first before I do all yeah. that. Um, but at least he can come home and help me solve the problem. Whereas if he's, you know, in Austria, there's nothing he can do about it except for stress out about it. And so that's not mm-hmm. a very kind thing. For me. But sometimes I just need someone to share the stress with me. It's hard, <laughs> really hard. So then, uh, like I mentioned, when sp- the spouse comes home and you're reconnecting on a date or one-on-one time, then you can talk about how each of you felt. You can talk about those things, like you were mentioning, Audrey, that were really stressful that you wanted to unload on him, but you couldn't. Uh, you can talk about how you missed each other, what you want to do better next time, um, plan more dates in the future. And sometimes, if there's been an intense season of travel for my husband, he'll come home and we'll, tra- we'll plan a little getaway ourselves. Even if it's just a staycation in like the the neighboring town where we just go for one hotel night so that um, we can feel like we got a chance to escape and to travel together. And it's not just him always leading me. (laughs) Yeah, those are excellent ideas. Okay, tip number six is kind of like tip number three, um, plan something fun. But something I try to do is help the kids adapt by relaxing the rules a little bit when dad's gone. So the house doesn't have to be as clean. Usually, um, I talked about this way back in episode three on our episode about kids and chores. We usually have an afternoon chore time, but um, we kind of relax that when dad gets home. It's not that we don't clean the house, but it's not this uh, rapid cleaning at four o'clock because dad's on its way home. Maybe we just clean it up before we go to bed or before we do our fun thing in the evening. And the meals, like you said, They don't have to be as formal. You know, when we do a sit-down formal meal when dad's at home, we have a meat and a vegetable and a carb and and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe we just order pizza in or do something a little bit more creative or maybe even a food dad doesn't like when he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) It's an opportunity. My husband doesn't really care for sweet potatoes. And so, you know, we, we still have sweet potatoes. But if we make it an event because dad's gone, it just seems more fun. But one caveat is to keep in place sanity savers. Do not relax rules on bedtime because kids, and like we're talking about ourselves, we really need our sleep. And so keep the sanity saver uh, rules in place. Yes, totally. It's funny that you mentioned the thing about uh, foods that dad doesn't like because growing up, um, my dad disliked breakfast foods for dinner. You know, sometimes you have pancakes or, or you know, oh, yeah, sausage yeah, yeah, and eggs fun. or something. And so we would always have breakfast foods when he left town. So for us, even though it was sad to miss dad, it was always like, oh, but we get to have pancakes for dinner. <laughs> so 
So that was kind of a fun thing. And I totally agree on the sanity savers too. I never, ever, ever let my kids go to bed late when Luke's gone. <laughs> because then it makes my job 10 times harder. Same with other things during the day that really bother me. Like I don't let them stay in their pajamas all day because that is a, it, it makes me feel icky. If, if that's not a big deal to you, do it. Fine. That's kind of fun. But, um, you know, there are certain things I don't relax because it, it really bothers me and it makes my life harder. But then the things that are, that can just be kind of fun and make things special, then yeah, try to do those. So a few final thoughts. We recognize that this is a really hard time. Mamas and dads, be really, really gentle with yourselves during this time of being, you know, the part-time solo parenting. Realize that this is a necessity of the job that your spouse has and that your only job during this time is to keep everyone alive and to, you know, be gentle with yourself. Plan something fun, plan something uh, kind for you and for the kids. Don't get too stressed out and then reconnect again. So just my favorite, my favorite tips. Yes, that's very similar to my final thoughts. Travel is hard on everybody. It's hard on my spouse. It's hard on my kids. It's hard on me. Um, And I try to keep in mind that I am so thankful that my husband has such a good income. As a single income family, it allows me to stay home, not just when he travels, but all the time with the kids. And I'm so thankful that he has, we've been blessed with his amazing income. And one final thought is when your spouse travels um, and you all get back together, it does make us more grateful for each other when we're together. Maybe my husband and I don't gripe at each other about stupid little things like so often, or maybe the kids, you know, get along better because they want daddy to be pleased with them or or like you were talking about, um, make it easier on mom. So sometimes there's, you know, a little bit of silver lining on the cloud of dad traveling that everybody is a little nicer to each other when we're all back together. Yes, that is so beautiful. I could not have put that better myself. So, so thanks for sharing that. Um, just to wrap up a few recommendations, Audrey mentioned that episode from Live Free Miranda on sleep, how essential that is. And we have a couple of episodes that will help as well. One is that um, Survival Times episode. I feel like we refer to that one almost every every episode nowadays. That is episode 20, so go back and listen to that one. Another one that could be helpful is episode two, when you want to quit, because when my husband travels, sometimes I just want to walk away. <laughs> uh, you can fend for yourself, kids, but that's a good one. Um, and or mom guilt, number nine. So just some good episodes to refer to if you're struggling with a spouse that travels. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head over to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other moms find the podcast and receive the help that you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at outnumbered the podcast. We're always having fun over there too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can always reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. My boy's got some new plastic swords recently and it's nothing but drama. Oh, yep, yep. Somebody hit somebody else and I'm gonna, you know, and I'm constantly threatening. I'm just gonna put them in the garbage if you keep hitting each other. And it's not like, yeah. you know, play fighting. It's like whacking your little sister with it. So they're in big yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>